0: My guest today is a boxer. By 17, he was an Olympic silver medalist. By his mid-twenties, he was a world champion, fighting in Vegas and earning millions. But this isn't Hollywood, and he isn't Rocky. He said, one day I looked at my bank account, and it was all gone. Additionally, his private life became public, as marital conflicts and family feuds played out on social media and in the press. My guest today is Amir Khan. Welcome to Unfiltered.
1: Thank you for having me. How's tricks, mate? It's going really well. Yeah, good. We've had a really busy day today just doing media work and stuff. And um this is one of the last ones, I hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed because we have saved the best to the last. You three. reckon? Yeah.
0: If the, if well, if you could call me a Bruce Buffer and uh, you're saying that, it's pretty high price, <laughs> isn't it? You've heard a lot of those intros as well as i said. Yeah, I wanted a lot, lot of intros, but I mean, <laughs> that was You wouldn't. Cheers, boss. And if uh, we
1: needed someone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll give you my number afterwards. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hook it up. Um, and then you're back home to Dubai this weekend. That's right. Yeah. So I've got so well, Sunday night,
1: uh, I'll be taking a flight back to Dubai, seeing the kids and stuff. Uh, the wife is over there as well. So um, yeah, it's just been a really busy couple of days here. And then I thought that I can go and just relax and do nothing then. Mm-hmm. What's it like being back in Britain? You enjoy being it. back? Yeah. yeah, I love it. The weather's amazing. I mean, the weather today is awesome. And um, it's just nice to meet everyone. And you see your fans and you jump in the car, and the guy goes, Oh, I'm your car the box. Mm-hmm. And at death, like a take two to go, You look like the boxer. And sometimes I get away with it by saying, It's not me for them. <laughs> they go, But you sound like him as well. I'm like, Well, yeah, the second
0: person that said that. Do you ever get used to the fans and people coming up to you Yeah, and you get used to it?
1: Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't really mind. I, I mean, it's nice really and I really appreciate it and stuff mm-hmm. like. So yeah, I don't mind it. And honestly, if I have to stand there for like an hour just taking pictures of
0: people, I have to, I can't say no. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? I've always just took pictures and just gone with it really. I think, um, well, we'll cover this in the interview, right? You know, um, born and raised in Bolton. Yeah. And something that comes across very strongly in the book, which is the reason we're talking is your love for your hometown. So yeah, definitely, man. Bolton. Tell us about Bolton.
1: Bolton is a small town. And obviously, you know, I've been there. I started my boxing career off in Bolton as well. And um, I was at the age of eight when I started in a small little gym. Gym. It was like a run-down gym in a place, Halliwell, in a certain area. And, you know, it just brings back great memories that at the age of eight, I would never have thought that I'd be in a position now where I'd be writing books, I'd be two-time world champion, I'd be Olympic medalist, and it's just Bolton has been good for me. And I think, um, you know, also we have one of the best football teams in, <laughs> <laughs> one of the best football teams, Bolton Wanderers. Yeah. Uh, so listen, Bolton is a nice place. Have you ever, have you ever been to Bolton? Uh, once. Yeah, so it's a nice spot. It's quite chill, quite green. Mm-hmm. Um, I still miss the places where I used to go for a run, um, and you know, I used to drive around that area. We had some great times in Bolton, and that's why I built a wedding hall. So I've still got a connection with it because Mum and Dad still live there as well. Mm-hmm. They've got the house there. I still have my house there as well, but I've uh, got a wedding hall which I've uh, I've now rented out. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm doing a lot more properties over there, like building some units and stuff like that. So I'm keeping myself busy and I don't really want to move out of Bolton because it's been good to me and it's like I need to, I
0: want to give back to Bolton by creating jobs Mm -hmm. and uh, stuff like that. Nice. Let's talk about your parents a little bit. You've got a strong connection to Pakistan. Both your parents' um, families emigrated from there. Tell us about your relationship.
1: Yeah, really, really um, good relationship we have. Um, They're from Pakistan uh, near Rawalpindi. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's, um, it's. Um, I love going Pakistan with them. You get to meet all your cousins, aunties, uncles. I mean, I've got a massive family. I do not think I were. I mean, since I've got a little bit of a name in Pakistan, I think my family is probably extended by another bloody,
0: <laughs> a thousand probably. Like everywhere I go, relationships with you, people
1: say, yeah. like, oh yeah, uh, I'm your uncle, I'm your i like, <laughs> I met that many uncles, like, uh, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, Did you always travel there a lot when you were young? I did, when I was young, I used to go there a lot. and. I didn't have that many uncles then, but <laughs> more now, more now. Um, maybe they were busy working then. <laughs> but look, um, yeah, I, lo- I love the country. So it's always good to go back there and you know do. I, th- I still do a lot of charity over there as well, mm-hmm. building schools, orphanages, uh, water wells. See the small things like water well. We will take it for granted over here. Water, we we'll leave the tap on, but there, mate, some other people don't get clean water mm-hmm. to drink. So I'm b- doing a lot of work with the Amikon Foundation over there as well, and. Um, I just love it there because they 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 love seeing me when I go to Pakistan. I'm, mm. I'm like a hero to them, so. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, especially with all the bodyguards you have, and, mm-hmm. you know, with the security, the police, oh, the army and all stuff. I like that. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, you were both off it as well. If yeah, you of a you Of course in, you would. In the, Being in a car behind and then having about 20 bodyguards in front of you with like machine guns and God knows why, like, Pretty man. big time. I'm the man. Yeah, mean, it's level, you know mm-hmm. what I
0: mean? <laughs> I think, um, am I right in saying your dad, Um, the TV rights were free for your fights in Pakistan? Yeah, that's how it started. Yeah, go on. So what we did was, um, we wrote to them, well, we, yeah, we, we wrote and spoke
1: to them on the phone and said to them, look, um, we have a, my dad said, Pakistani boxer, British, uh, lives here, but obviously he's representing England, but he's a Pakistani and uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way also represents your country. So we want to give you the fights and we like to see him on Pakistan television. Let the Pakistani see that he's making a name for Pakistan by being in England. Mm -hmm. Um, They said, nah, we're not interested in boxing. We don't want it. And some of that cool. Left it. Said boxing is not really a good sport. See, they see boxing as a poor man's sport. Yeah. So anyway, then the next time it came around... uh, they said, fine, we'll take this fight. And it was against Marcos Maidana. It was a really entertaining fight as well. I did that. And no one, mind you, at this time, no one knew me in Pakistan. No one knew who Amir Khan is or anything. I went there, won the goal, so sorry, knocked, uh, knocked him down in the first round, won, won the world title back. And everyone thought, wow, this is the main man now. Wow, we love Amir Khan. And they then respected me more, even more because they said to me that uh, I... Um, was raising the flag for Pakistan, even though I'm British. And I was proud of my dual nationality, you know, so um, yeah, my man, massive name over there. And it's been brilliant, honestly, since it's been awesome. Like I get really looked after it and I get really a lot of respect from there. I've done a lot of few ads over there for commercials and it's crazy. Like, yeah.
0: oh, what have you been selling? Uh, so
1: I've been uh, doing, I did a drink company, like uh-huh. one of the energy drinks, I do one of them. Prime, like Prime. Like Prime, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was like Prime. Um, but, and then I did another one on the aeroplane okay, nice. for a mobile company. Yeah. So but it wasn't really in an airplane. They had to make like they made one and it was mm-hmm. even quite funny how they put it together but on, on on the video, it looks perfect. It looks sick. And then I did um another I did another drink company. So there you can work with about like, two, three different drinks. They don't really care. Yeah. It's like it's like no problem. So you could be advertising a drink company here and another one over it's there. Board's opposite so here, it's, no? But look, it's all been fun. it's been brilliant and I've had great times over there and uh Even though it's not for much money, but I did it because I thought um no, it's just good quick p r mm. it's good for like my family who are in Pakistan to see their uh, all those their uncles,
0: view on, all or, those uncles oh, pointing yeah, out, yeah, my nephew. On, on, on a big screen and say, oh, that's my nephew that nice um another thing that comes across really strongly in the book, yeah is your spirituality and your pride in your Muslim faith. Would you describe your household growing up as a religious one?
1: Um religious in a sense where yeah we, we are Muslim and we eat halal food, we um we pray, we go to the mosque, we um give to charity and um yeah, so definitely and also we have the respect for uh for the for the for the religion and um so we follow the five pillars of Islam. I think some people can take it out of context. I mean they can go very deep into Islam, you can't do this, you can't do that, and but no, I mean, Islam is not a religion nowadays. It's very... It should be very... Well, it is uh, a religion which is very easy to follow. And we just follow it. We respect each other and we do our prayers. And that's what it is. What role did it have shaping
0: you in your early life, your faith?
1: Give me a lot of discipline. Mm. Yeah, give me a lot of discipline. Um, and that helped with the boxing, going to the gym and staying focused and making do my diet and everything. And, and then... Um, you know, with um, with the with the with praying and going to the mosque, that also helped um, just keeping me focused and also giving me a lot of downtime. Like keeping me relaxed as well mm. by praying, it gave me a lot of peace. Believed in myself a little bit more. Know that there's a God above you who is helping you, and obviously that's why I'm in this position. So whenever I was going to war, I would pray to God that please give me some strength, give me strength. I want to win this fight, and you know, God will all you've got someone overlooking her on you. So yeah.
0: That must be really useful as a fighter, particularly dealing with, I don't know if you call them negative emotions, but you know, emotions like fear or anxiety before you're getting in the ring to have something like that that's a bit meditative that allows you to kind of
1: yeah,
0: deal with those emotions it's be really useful.
1: Think about it, you're going into a war, you go into a fight, you've got one of the most dangerous guys in front of you and you just, you, want, you when you're in that ring, you're on your own but you know that God's looking over you. It just, that gives you that bit of energy that, that 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 gives you more, a little bit more help mm-hmm. and support. And I have that on my side. And that's how I, really, I, I really believe that took me this far in my, in my career.
0: Let's talk a little bit more then about how you got into boxing. Um, I know, well, no, actually let's put it like this. If if one of your sort of primary school teachers or one of your early sort of like people who works in a nurse or whatever was sat there now and I was interviewing them and I asked them to describe you when you were younger, What do you think they'd say about you?
1: I'd say they would say a very disciplined kid. Well, see, primary school I was a bit naughty. Oh yeah. Secondary school I was really good. I was like a total different
0: child. Because you got into boxing.
1: Yeah, and I think boxing gave me so much discipline and put me on the right path. Whereas when I was young, I was very naughty. Used to like, I did silly things like go and eat the teacher's cake on the desk. (laughs) Her lunch it wasn't a man. Yeah, yeah, cake. (laughs) Can you believe it? I'd be scared to do that now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, But I went and did that, and that's really crazy. Like, and I got I got in trouble for that, and then obviously, um, uh, just yeah, misbehaving and being being a naughty child. Mm-hmm. So that's why my dad then put me into the gym. Okay, because I always stopped fighting stuff because he thought, let me burn that energy. You know, as a father, you probably would think, putting him in a boxing gym—that's only going to make him worse. But guess what? He did the opposite to me because me looking at here from outside. Uh, said, I don't know nothing about boxing. These guys, these kids are always fighting on the streets or in school. But I'm going to put him in a boxing gym. That'll make him even more dangerous. Well guess what? He did the opposite to me. It made me work hard. Uh, and it gave me a lot of discipline to fight. To... See, one thing boxing teaches you is not to fight outside on the street.
0: So whenever there would be, would be any problems or any issues, I'd walk away from trouble and they want to fight. It's interesting because you'd think, you know... As a kid in that situation, whether it's I don't know um, a bullying type situation or one of your mates gets in a fight or whatever, and you know how to fight, you'd think that as a child you you know you'd use that skill that you've learned. But you're saying that that wasn't the case.
1: No, that wasn't the case. Um, in a, in a, if if a fight happened, make sure you try to you know um, solve the situation in a way where you just dissolve it and say, look, guys, it's, it's cool, let's mm-hmm. walk away. Uh, fine, you're stronger than me, you're better than me, or whatever you want to say. Just walk away because sometimes if you... And it's not... Look, things by beating someone up doesn't solve a situation. So I used to be like, I was the laid back one because I
0: know that I'm a trained fighter and I can't fight. Mm. So... I guess there's a bit of ego there, right, as well, because, you know, if you know how to fight, beating someone up who doesn't know how is kind of, you know, what, have you, yeah, what have you proven? You it's
1: know? very unfair. You're not proving nothing. You know what I mean? So. I used to just have that buzz of going to the gym and um, having a hard spar with another fighter who's really good or probably better than me. Mm-hmm. And I did really well against him because these guys are not really fighters. So there's no point beating a guy on this outside in this playground or on the street because you're not getting nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. So was your when your dad took you to a boxing gym for the first time, was it very much... Uh... Deliberate kind of, you know, yeah. I mean, he's a bit hyperactive. Let's give him something to sort of yeah. put his energy out on. Is that kind of what the thing was? Correct. That's what the book's about. That book yeah.
1: will tell you all about
0: uh,
1: when I was young, uh, what boxing did for me, how he took me off the streets, how it gave me discipline, how it gave me focus in life. And also then how I started to behave in school. So you got stories of me in school, how I started to change the way I was. Uh, and then you would get teachers calling my house. Normally the teacher would call my house and say, come in school and take him home or or supervise him in school, but this time it was. Oh, he's been a such such a good child. He's just got the best uh, pupil in in the class. I mean, I started getting awards, which was like <laughs> from one from one extreme to another extreme. And nice. like my dad was like, "What's up with you?"
0: Nice man. Um, uh, you've called in the book as well. You've called boxing. Uh, this is quite a blood sport. And said the first time I made an opponent bleed, my coach told me, "Well done. I like that." You know, we mentioned it already, but getting in the ring with someone, knowing that's what you're going into, knowing that they want to hurt you, that it's a fight, yeah. you know. it's ter- It sounds terrifying. It is terrifying.
1: It, it sounds very scary. And it's... Some of that's not normal. You're going into the ring to punch someone in the face and hurt them. Mm. And the way the way you look at it, it's an art. It's a technique. Because this guy's trying to beat me and I'm trying to outclass him. He's trying to outclass him, but by... By him even trying to outclass me, there's gonna be some punches that are gonna land clean, and we're gonna hurt each other a little bit. But it's all about just outclassing each other. It's like a game of chess Mm. where you're physically hitting each other, and um, so that's all it is really. Uh, You have to make sure you try to get this shot in where you're always everyone you're both defending, making sure you're not gonna get hit with the with a shot, but you one might slip in and put you down,
0: Mm.
1: and then you have to get up and regroup yourself and think, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let that shot hit me again. I'm going to make sure I defend that shot. So, boxing is a game of chess. Um, Some fighters are aggressive, thinking that they'll put the pressure on and keep on punching, and um, somehow they'll get a shot in. Some guys like Floyd Mayweather, who are defensive, they'll wait for this opening, even though it it gets boring to watch. Just go bang and ping you. you So, boxing is an art, really. It's not just... Look, I've seen guys in the gym who have come in and said, who have been tough guys outside... I said, so we want to box, we want to fight, you come and let's have a fight. And one of the weakest guys in the gym has been beat
0: them up. Mm. So really you need skill in boxing. It's not about just having the bigger muscles or punching hard. Let's talk about the mentality side of it a little bit more because we've mentioned prayer already as sort of contributing a little bit perhaps to that fearless streak. But were there any events in your early life that maybe changed your attitude towards danger or changed your attitude towards violence?
1: Um Towards fighting had changed my attitude. Um not really. I mean, um
0: Or events that I mean, maybe made you less afraid.
1: I mean, yeah, you know, I used to I used to always play football with the older kids and the older family members. And sometimes you get a little bit of a beating off them, you know what I mean? Um, or you'll get they'll try to kinda bully you, bully you a little bit. But it wasn't really that physical, but it was just telling me, do this, do that. And they tried to be, show me that I'm just a kid, but then obviously that made me even work harder to get to where I want to get to in life and mm-hmm. not to be that young kid that's going to get bullied. And uh, so sometimes um, a little bit of bullying does definitely make you stronger. I think because it made me work harder in the gym and never wanted to be bullied again. So I made sure that, a I'm not even going to bully anyone because it's not in me because I've, I've had someone bully me, but, Secondly, is that you have to be strong enough to keep these bullies away.
0: Mm. It's quite interesting to say, you know, something that a lot of people would des- would describe as a very negative experience, but actually, you're saying that it's it was almost a positive for you in a way. You it know, went
1: to a positive because I'm I end up working harder because I don't want to be bullied again. Mm. So it's life. In life, you can either give up, you work hard, and obviously, I worked hard. And with boxing as well, so my life's just been like working hard. Really, look, I might not be the most talented fighter. I might not be the best fighter in the gym, but I just worked very, very hard that I end up uh, ended up, you know, achieving a lot more than uh, other people out there. Do
0: you think that you put it down really uh, to yeah. work rate rather than perhaps say skill or you know the chess match that you look?
1: skill came with it because I knew when you're working hard, but there was a lot of fighters out there who had more skill than me, who had probably more power than me. But by me working hard day in, day out, made me even better and better and better. And before I knew it, I surpassed these other fighters and become the better fighter.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about um, your British Pakistani identity. Yeah. Um, I've got another quote here from the book. Uh, You say, like most Asian kids growing up in the late 90s, I was probably born to be a doctor or a teacher, a boxer. No Asian lad did that sort of thing. Yeah. Were you aware that you were often the only person of Asian heritage? in these boxing spaces.
1: Yeah, I was the only one. Yeah. So we'd walk into a boxing gym and I was the only Asian Asian person to be in there. And then, but I, never, I was never scared in any way. They, they welcomed me well. Uh, every gym was very respectful I walked into. And even when I boxed, I used to box. And at them days, they had a lot of travelers boxing as well. So a lot of these young traveler kids as well and really confident these young kids are. I was always a quiet one. I was always quiet and just uh, waited my turn to go in the fight and fight. Mm. Uh, but no, I mean, look, it, it's been um, it's been a fun journey and I've enjoyed every bit of it, really, because look, um, even though boxing, it's changed my life. That's one thing I can say about boxing. That it's changed my life and it's made me a better person, I believe, because with all that discipline it's given me, made me a stronger person, is something that I thank and uh, th- uh, thank my family for putting me into because no one ever thought Amir am would be in this position. Mm. Or I'll be ever become a world champion. I would I would ever succeed in this. For me, it was just about discipline, but I took it to a different level. So maybe this is a little. This when 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 you read this book, maybe it'll give confidence to young other young kids to
0: get into their sport and work hard. And that'd be a good thing to come out of it, certainly, I'd wouldn't bet. it? Um, where did you see Asian representation when you were growing up? And actually, probably most importantly, was it a positive representation?
1: Um, yeah, it was. Being Asian, being a Muslim. Um, yeah, you know, obviously I saw some, and it's in the book as well, where you saw obviously when 9 nine nine eleven happened and then, um, was it 7-7? 7-7, yeah. Yeah, 7-7. Or shortly afterwards as well. Yeah, and I fought Come. shortly after both times. Yeah. So every time something like this happened, I wanted to go out there to the British public and tell them that, even though I'm a Muslim, I'm totally against terrorism. And uh, in our religion, this does not teach you to... Our, our religion does not teach you to hurt innocent people. And that's why it was. Obviously, the, when the bombs went off, uh, it was innocent people who got killed. So I'm totally against that. And I stand up to it. To it and until till this day as well, I, I hate stuff like that happening. You know, innocent people are getting killed for no reason. And... So, yeah,
0: I'll stand up no matter who they are, what color, what race they are, did even you, if they are one of our own. Did you feel a sense of responsibility to do that? Did you feel like you had to do that? Yeah. There was an expectation that you had to do that.
1: Yeah, the responsibility for me to do that was there because um, I've got so much love from the public in the UK. I mean, everywhere you go, people want pictures, autographs and stuff, and and, and you're like a household name. And they, they show you on, they show me on their television and they support me, I've got one of the biggest had one of the biggest fight contracts on TV and everything else. So I thought, why I have to stand up because Britain's been good with me. I represent Britain in the Olympics, and um, so yeah, I had to stand up. It was it was my I I, I needed to stand up so other people realised that you know those that, who are also Muslim that there's a Muslim like myself who's uh, against this as well.
0: I think it was um, the David Bailey fight, which was not yes. days after. The seven seven okay comments. yes it was yeah and
1: uh, for just because of that fight and because of that what happened in nine nine uh seven seven sorry sorry just because of what happened in seven seven i remember that i walked into that ring with a union jack flag with the uh with the ball on it um as a remembrance of the people that died and i did that because a they said that the guys who did the bomb were muslims And I want to show the world that not all Muslims are the same. Mm. Now look, there's me who's representing Great Britain, who's a proud British, Great British, uh, England fighter. So I want to just knock that on the head and give people, uh, because there's, there's maybe look, in any religion and any colour, there's always good and bad. So I want to make sure that I put that message out. There's always extremists on there. Hundred percent. Every in every religion. thought so I just wanted to make sure, make that make make it clear, and make sure that the message was put out there that there's always good and bad, and obviously you've got one who is doing good and want people to follow my footsteps.
0: Do you up. think it was um, would have been slightly different? I don't know to to think of an example, but you know that you had to not perform but emphasise your Britishness in perhaps a way that I don't know a British-Irish fighter might not have had to do or a British-Polish fighter yeah, I might have a little had to little bit do. More.
1: I had to do a little bit more because obviously with everything against us and all odds against us because of the colour I was, I had to work a little bit harder to make a name. I had to push a little bit harder to make a name. But now if you look, and I was the only Asian that day, that, at that time that was in the gym. There was also racism. Everything was involved. But guess what? We just let it by. I remember fighting uh, in amateur fights and championships and there were people spitting at you outside the ring of doing things at you because you're a Pakistani calling you a paki and stuff so look but I never let that get to me it made me work even harder and I went on and um, achieved uh, everything I wanted to achieve and look now you walk into a gym now it's full of Asian kids a lot of Asian kids are into boxing now mm. look on television on Sky now there's so many Asian kids fighting on there on um, the zone on on everywhere on every TV channel there's a lot of Asian boxers now so really we've helped and I helped to get a lot of Asians into boxing because our first parents would see boxing as a, oh, it's a small sport it's a low class sport, and uh, now our kid would rather be a, a doctor or a politician. But no, um, I I took it to a, I took it to a level where parents and people started seeing
0: that you can make a life from this sport. I think you um you said later in your career that win and you're British, lose and you're Pakistani, and just, you're talking about racism, right? There was, um when the BNP made gains in Bolton, the then leader of the party, Nick Griffin, he said you should be encouraged to leave Britain. I mean, it's one thing, isn't it, to have people, the like street level instead yeah. of racism you're experiencing, but when people are being racist about you on like a huge, you know, sort on of public a, platform. On a
1: public platform, and I think it was quite sad to see that publicly. And I looked at it and I thought to myself, this person who's saying that, to our race I think I've done more things than him I've shown that I'm more British than him by winning a medal for the country mm. and representing the country not once but numerous times and all my fights and winning world titles for this country so really that kind of stuff uh, I've never let it get to me and I've already kind of rose above it you never let it get to you but did it have effect, effect it, an effect, emotional side does it? it does affect you because you think well we live in a country like England where you know, we've done so much over here we call it our home we I mean, respect it as our own and but there's people out there who want us out and want us away and so i spoke about that in in the book as well how i was how against all that and how it upsets you mm. because at the end of the day you've just represented you your world titles for the country and then there's like there's always a handful of people who put it, who make everyone else look bad
0: i was just i was thinking then as well you just made me realize you're sort of almost between a rock and a hard place right because you've got on the one hand, you've got that racism coming from sort of, you know, white British people. And then um, after you condemn the 7-7 bombings, right, you've got Al-Qaeda threatening you. And it's yeah, like you're sort of, yeah, yeah. you've got everyone's like coming after Everyone you. Everyone's coming after me and I'm just doing what I love doing. I mean, I mean, I got a
1: question asked to me and I want to speak the truth. Mm. I only like to speak the truth. And sometimes like, even in this book, you'll see a lot of uh, the way it's written. It's probably, I'm probably too honest for my own good. And Do you uh, yeah, and, 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 and also, like, when I'm, when people ask me questions, I'm tell, I'll speak mm. what I think is right.
0: Yeah. And I'm not scared. Well, because a lot of sports personalities are, are, like, very heavily media trained. Yeah, Isn't I'm like, not they... PR trained, so, like... <laughs> I'm mad that way. I said, well, I, I have been not really be a lot of really... Apologies. No, but you know, you know... Sometimes you talk to a sports person, it's not interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't, you don't get a sense of who they are, you don't get a sense of the journey they've been on. And an at actually. the same time,
1: at the same time, look, um, we all have to make mistakes. I mean, you can't be just perfect.
0: Yeah. Well, no, no one
1: is. No one is, but don't come across being like media trained and uh, being that type of person that... I think when you're real and you are who you are, people need to love you for who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, what you've done... For the country, at like winning world titles and stuff like that. If you're a fake and saying I'm I'm this, I'm that, and I, and I forget that, I forget about your media training. Man, I'm I'm just real. You like me, you don't like me. It doesn't affect me. But I think people could see through it as well. Yeah, people can see right through it. Imagine, yeah, because there's times when um, I, did, um, I did, I did a couple of TV shows, so like I'm a celebrity, for example. And then you think a certain individual is. Um, uh, this way and it's so nice and it comes across but then when you're living somewhere you end up showing your true colours the way you are really as a, like a you know mm-hmm. the, the the way you really are and I started seeing I, I started seeing on television on the show a lot of people start showing their true colours and you end up thinking they're not really the person they said they are you know what I mean or the way they act were you uh, name names were you talking oh, God, about i name names. yeah. not gonna bother I'll have to <laughs> Well, you More know, trouble. I mean, I mean, you yeah, probably no. see it yourself as well. You probably see it yourself that when you are, uh, when you meet someone, when the cameras are off and are in their comfort, yeah, might just ignore you. Yeah, yeah, completely different. And, I've, and 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 it's happened to me. Like, I give you an example. When you walked in, you didn't talk
0: to me. <laughs> <laughs> Did that by purpose on you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mind games.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I tell you what happened with me. I was, uh, you know, uh, you know the guy who plays Ali G. Yeah, Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah. So I seen him in um, in Vegas a couple of years ago when I was starting off. I think I might have just been like a Commonwealth champion, and I was at a big fight there. And I seen him. I was like, "Oh, Sasha!" Like he was right next to me. Like, and I said, I, I should put my hand out." Looked at me like, and he walked past me and no. just ignored me.
0: I don't like that. So and I don't like that as well. Same. Like you doesn't know, matter though. Even you know, if you were just a random person, I even if put my
1: hand out oh, high yeah. and just walk
0: past. But like There's nothing worse than that when thought, you're out there then
1: Yeah, like, Yeah, he thought is better than me. You know yeah. I mean? That's the way I looked at it. And from that day, that's when I then decided to my I will never ever ignore someone. It's not nice to ignore them. And I go in my own way sometimes. And sometimes I'm dog tired. I'm I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, but mm-hmm. I'll put a smile on uh, just to uh, even my wife says to me sometimes, she goes, What's wrong with you? Like You're out you, <laughs> so yeah, there. Yeah, you speak to these people like What is wrong with you? You're you're accessible. Yeah, yeah, too nice. I'm too nice. But I'm like, look, it's what made me in it. It is.
0: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Let's talk about the boxing a little bit then. Yeah. Uh, so, at 17, you win an Olympic silver medal in Athens. You're hailed as a hero on your return back home. Yeah, it was crazy, yeah. You said, and this is a quote, it was the first time I felt famous. What does all that positive attention do to you, yourself, and, you know, possibly also your ego as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes you more motivated, uh, like, gives you loads of motivation, you know what I mean, to like you, you do something right, and you can make it to the top. I mean, yeah, just having the press, media, people supporting you, coming out for you just inspires
0: you to go out there and do more. And what influence did that Olympic medal have in your gym? Were you seeing more lads coming in, starting to fight? How did it affect your relationship with your trainer?
1: Um, It got even better, even stronger, you know what I mean? And I think um, to see more boxers come into the gym, especially British Pakistanis, uh, people started believing in themselves and then parents started liking boxing because before boxing was a, like I said, poor man's sport. But people then started taking boxing as a serious sport.
0: So we then mentioned um, David Bailey. You get the win there. Then you become Commonwealth lightweight champion uh, after beating Willie Limon at the O2. How have done your research? Oh, you paper. It's written down there. in front of me, man. Don't worry about it. Uh, I, thought, oh, I, didn't see a I thought, wow. I thought, hey,
1: you know that because
0: the- <laughs> I think I was quite young at the time.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> how old were you then? Uh, I'm
0: thirty. Oh, so you was a baby then. Yeah. So it's not, it's not. It's not my memory. Yeah. Been about ten. I watched it. Or on is on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. Oh, on YouTube? Yeah, to catch up. Research went up. No, oh, go on. Um, around this time, you write that you start to feel like, and this is a quote, the media in general might look to land a blow to your reputation. Why was that? Why did you feel that way? Back in... Back then, yeah. You, against Willie Lumond. Yeah. Uh, because I got put down
1: mm. in that fight, and I could see that, you know, because I was winning everything so comfortably. You know, as soon as you have one little hiccup, they want to kind of put you down, and they want to then say... Um, or he's been hurt and they, they, they try to trash you a little bit I don't know if it's because it want, they want to it helps them sell the papers mm. because there's stories in it where this guy who's come from the Olympics is the best thing since sliced bread but guess what he's just been put down in a fight mm. and could have lost it but even though I mean not once not in a million years I'm have lost that fight but anyway so um, I think they'll always try to have a go at you at things but does it bother you? no nah, it doesn't really bother me no not at all I just think they're wasting ink for no reason. I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's true that wasting ink for no reason. But I'll just leave it. Don't talk about <laughs> So, so um, let's talk about uh, your loss against Bradis Prescott. Then you described it as a wrecking ball through your yeah. up until then undefeated pro career. Yeah, yeah. You said after the loss, you had friends disappearing overnight. Yeah. Is the world of pro boxing fickle? Like that, is that, or do you think that was something unique to you? I mean, tell me a little bit more about it was
1: a bit. It was a bit new to me at that time when that happened because as soon as I lost a fight, my the friends that were around you, they said that you were going to be a world champion, we're going to be behind you, we are your best friends, we're around you. They all walked out on me. Like, like maybe 50% mm. all walked out and then the, the, the people that I normally call you don't call you no more. And obviously I was only young then, and so I got, it got me quite sensitive. Mm. I was quite sensitive and it got me quite emotional that happened. But then obviously it made me stronger, made me the person I am because obviously I thought, you know what, you're on your own in this world and you, if you get beat, it's you're, you're only you to blame. And, and, and the people around you, they're going to get on with their normal nine to five jobs or get on with their life.
0: And yeah. Do you think one fight can change the trajectory of a boxing career? 100%. Yeah? It can, yeah. Why do you think it didn't then?
1: Um, because they still thought maybe I'm young and I can come back from a loss like this. But yeah, but it did. A lot of people's uh, ways changed and the sport kind of changed a little bit, thinking Mm. that they're not gonna, I'm not gonna become a champion. I'm not gonna achieve the goals I I said I was gonna achieve. They thought maybe I was just a, you know, I just wanna hit a miss. I mean, it was like, he tried and he didn't succeed. Mm. So most people would give up after that because just just mentally, all that um, Mm -hmm. negative media and the stuff that you see on social media. Push you saw so low in the ground that you think you just give up. A lot of people would give up but mentally I was very strong that way because I had tasted defeat back in the amateurs when I was young. And for me, I loved the sport of boxing and I didn't care. Even if I lost three fights in a row, I was happy with that I, I, because I was happy with it and, it and it was it was giving me a lot of happiness being a fighter.
0: It's going to affect your mental health, right? Because you have this idea, call it a plan, call it of like what you think is going to happen, what you expect to happen, what you want to happen. And then, you know, something like that, you lose a fight and all of a sudden, maybe that's oh, not going to happen. Anymore. Crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, that normally doesn't happen. It's like, um, and it, but you, can, you can
1: see it with football, for example. When a football match is happening and the team loses that I should have won. Man, they get off, it goes crazy and I feel sorry for these football players mm. because the, the, I've seen some videos on YouTube where how, how, how they get dissed by their fans and then the week, the week after that, they, they're fans of theirs again. So it's just... It's just uh, but the way I look at it, I look at it different now. Mm. I look at it like uh, it happens and you just can't let it get to you. You just have to move, move on and get on with it.
0: You moved to America to train with Freddie Roach. Correct. And you've described that as one of the biggest risks you've ever taken. Massive risk.
1: Do you think you're drawn to risk? Do you Yeah, like- I, I, yeah, I love, I love taking risks because that's what makes it makes me different. Me going to America it was a time where I was making big money in the UK, and then um, I took a pitch, a paycheck. I like, I cut it to half literally. I went to America because I went to fight there. Mm. So I made less money, but I to take to risk because I know that if I make it America. I'll succeed even further and I know I've seen the fighters who have gone to America made a name in America and it makes you a global star and that's what I wanted to do see everyone in Europe kind of knew who I was like in England especially but not no one in America they just might have heard the name mm-hmm. so I thought that if I go to America I want to get the mega fights I mean, forget about these uh, fights being champion of UK or Europe I want to be a world champion mm-hmm. so that's what I did soon as I uh, become that world champion I started having my world title FICE in America because the hype I had, I mean, I had the biggest TV channels behind me, HBO and mm-hmm. Showtime. I was one of, the, one, one of the top fighters with a contract with HBO. My contract with Showtime. I mean, ESPN, I found the biggest channels in the UK, which um you which then fight started getting broadcasted all around the world. So more eyes are watching the fight and they're thinking, see, I was a little bit different in that sense where I was a little bit unique because the, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Pakistani, I'm and I'm a young lad, so they probably thought, who's this young mm. Asian, British um uh, um Pakistani kid? So um decide following my first footsteps, let's check up on him. let's see who he is. Because one thing about the Asian community is that we end up we watch an Asian kid do so, we think, wow, look how let's start following him because he's representing us as well. Mm. You know, as 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 British Pakistanis, there's no one doing it like him, so let's start following him. And then through through that, then the other American Pakistanis uh, the European Pakistanis started following me and it, it became crazy yeah I started to build a big fan base so.
0: I guess yeah just from like a completely maybe not cynical but objective point of view you know you're from a different background so immediately you've in terms of marketability you've got access to markets that perhaps other fighters didn't necessarily have 100% exactly and then obviously I was a um, I, I spoke well
1: after fights I was I was a confident kid mm-hmm. I had that Olympic background um, and and um, yeah, and look, I think, um, I'm not going to say I had the looks, I mean. You know, my, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't my, either, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know the thing was? It was just, I said God was watching over me, man. Yeah. That's all I can say. God was watching over me and all blessings and from people and people who pray for me, my mother and everyone. Look, that's where it comes from. I'm, I'm I'm, a big believer of that. You know, if you're a good person by heart and, 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 and you, God will open a lot of
0: doors for you. Could you talk a little bit about, as an athlete, as, you know, a celebrity, your treatment in Britain, your treatment in America, was it different the way Americans viewed you or the American media treated and viewed you to what you what it was like yeah, in Britain? Very
1: different, very different, because then look, you'll get... The um, boxing fans in America love you and, and and support you. Boxing fans in England like you and then dis you as well at the same time. I mean, like, they find a way of... Like, really putting you down as well. Mm. Uh, But the Americans just get on with it, really. They just love a little bit of a scrap, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of a scrap. But I think in England, it's slowly changing now. Oh, yeah. Because more of the like boxing is getting even bigger now. And we just appreciate a great night. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming more of an event now. So if you look at it when I was fighting, when I was fighting in the young years, in my early uh, fights, there was hardly any women families coming to boxing fights now it's full of families kids are coming there wives ladies girlfriends all going to watch boxing now mm-hmm. and normally people would say it's a bad sport it's no, it's not
0: mm-hmm.
1: got women there and everything now and i think the sport is just getting bigger and bigger now
0: uh, i was asking you about um that risk you took right yeah. and there's the risk of I moving mean, to america there's the risk of just getting in the boxing ring right but I wonder, outside of the sport and in your personal life, whether you're also drawn to risk in the same way when you when you're talking about fighting.
1: Yeah, I think I am. You know, I, t- I, t- I take risks in my in in life, and I think sometimes it could be a bad thing to do as well. Um, but look, it's um, it's just who I am as a person. You know, um, I'm a type of guy who believes in myself, and in if it's business, if it's boxing, if it's you know, outside life. I take risks and it kind of gives me that buzz.
0: As close as you can get to walking out, I guess.
1: Yeah, because obviously walking out the ring and stuff like that, that buzz will never come back again mm. until I get back in the ring again. But Until? Until until if I get back in the ring again. Yeah. If I get back in the ring again. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, look, there's always talks about like exhibition fights happening. And You're stuff. thinking about it? I do miss it. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like I went to the, um, uh, I went to the, uh, uh, what was it called? Um eubank chris eubank jr fight and um liam Smith fight i was at the men arena and i looked at it and I, it was crazy it was a full, full house and the promoter come over to me and said to me um mm. do you know when you fought here last against Brook? it was probably times two busier i said what and we never get to see that because we're so focused on the oh, fight yeah, yeah. And you, you, but he said it was a full house that i think we sold maybe five thousand more tickets <laughs> we shouldn't mm. have but I do miss that hype, that buzz. You're walking out and you've got thousands of people there supporting you. Yeah. I'm getting back in that mix again. But um the way you well the way I'm gonna see if I do have it in me still is I'll probably get have a hard spa with someone, see how I feel with small gloves on. And if I if I
0: if I do well I'll maybe one day consider
1: another fight. If I don't
0: then call it a day. Because there's a lot of lads either going for um, you know MMA fighters we've got Fury and Ngannou happening
1: I would have never fight an MMA fight though
0: no yeah MMA fight me fighting an MMA fight because Fury's saying isn't he that they'll box like, and then after, they'll after do an like, MMA fight correct, afterwards. yes Fury is
1: uh, an animal though isn't he he is mate I mean he's a strong guy and he's got this f- big fight against Ngannou and look okay fine I think he'll outbox him but to be honest with you having Mike Tyson on your side Ngannou is mate he can punch yeah he can punch hard as well but Look, I see I'm not seeing much of his MMA skills. Is he got that knockout power
0: that like when he hits you once, boom, you're gone. My God. Really? Oh mate, yeah. On like punch one, on one, punch, one punch knockout. He's a scary guy in in the UFC, yeah. Really, really scary. Black. And we don't give any
1: respect, well, as much respect to MMA fighters. But think about it this way now. MMA fighters fine. If you said they can't punch and they're not really that good. Floyd Mayweather was hit hundred times clean by McGregor. No, imagine Angano hitting Tyson Fury a hundred times clean. I don't even want to think about Angano hitting anyone a hundred times clean. Yeah, so, so you see how, how it can happen. So Absolutely, you know, Tyson punches chance, punches chance, and at the same time, I think that um, Tyson is just special. He is, yeah. Like, he, he just finds a way. You can put him down once, twice, but he'll find a way. And but, he'll come back and he'll destroy you. That's the thing, isn't it? Wilder did it. Well, you know? Wilder showed it when he put him down. And he got the first knockdown when he put him down, I was like, "Wow!" Mm-hmm. I, I thought he's out. So you know, when he, when when the one, two, and normally you probably stop counting and "You know, it's done." But like, Undertaker put he lifted his head up <laughs> and I was even I was I was shocked because if I was the referee, respect to the referee in that fight because the referee, if I was any other referee, might have stopped that fight while he's down and out. But he woke up after
0: seven eight i think it was yeah I think it was an eight count, wasn't it did you see all the americans as well timing it saying that it was longer that he'd had more than you're always seconds. gonna get that listening when a fighter from england goes to america they're always gonna
1: surf <laughs> mm-hmm. but um you know it was it was a long it was a long count but yeah, well, that. and that 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 referee is a well-renowned referee so i don't think they that without that. Talk,
0: talk about you a little bit more um and you potentially returning seeing as we're here now talking about it would you fancy
1: Oh, I mean, you, I don't know about returning. I'm saying know, that, like, you're thinking about maybe it. one day. Yeah, you am know, thinking about, about it. You're thinking about maybe it. Maybe feet. Like, I look like I get itchy hands and I might swan. Yeah, wander. yeah,
0: yeah. Get in there. And I don't know. There's a lot of influencers, a lot of YouTubers out there looking looking for fights who maybe might be a little bit of easy money for you to get in the ring with them.
1: Yeah, I mean, oof, I mean yeah. What
0: are you talking about? KSI, Logan Paul, Jake Paul. You fancy that? Would you do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll take them out. I mean, that's just, uh, that's easy work.
0: Yeah. Come on. That's light easy work. work.
1: That's light work. Whatever, <laughs> guys. Yeah, that's, so, that's like a. I mean that's like cast a mismatch, yeah, don't want to end up hitting
0: them before. I mean, look, let's see, very good yeah. um to talk a little bit more about boxing, we had um, actually another u f c guy Tom Aspinall, in the chair talking about boxing, and he he trained with the Furies of beat, he had a pro boxing fight, and he was actually he was pretty critical about the model of boxing and the sort of how cards are arranged that you can almost before the before the event you can go down the card and kind of say that's who's winning that one, that's who's winning that one. Yeah, And yeah, he said he wasn't really that keen on boxing as a, as a result. And he also, from a safety point of view, was also a little bit worried about people sort of getting mismatched, taking yeah. on fights where they know they're going to lose and potentially getting hurt. Okay. I don't know what you think of that criticism, whether there's any validity to it or...
1: I mean, there's some... Yeah, look, if you can go through a fight card and make your mind up on who's going to win and who's going to lose, because really, most fights should be 50 50 or 60 40 they still close fights yeah, yeah. but like and that's what mma is like so 100 look when it comes down to matchmaking fights happening in boxing uh compared to fights happening in mma i think mma is surpassing boxing mm. because people want to see fights that they're showing people really want to see these fights that mma are showing but boxing fights are like oh, okay whatever you know what i mean people see competition people like seeing good competition and there's a lot of big fights that we want to see in boxing which never really get made but in MMA like it's a monopoly because Dana White has got all the fighters on the UFC like the man of the UFC can make pick and choose who he fights who. whereas with boxing you've got Bob Arum you've got Austin La Hoya, you've got Frank Warren you've got Eddie Hearn you've got Ben Shalom now mm. so really it's each uh, and, and then then there's, there's different TV, TV stations. You've got Sky with one, you've got The with another, then you've, you've got BT Sport with another. So it's contracts, these fighters have contracts that they can't fight a guy who's with the other stable. You yeah, I mean? Now, now, having Joshua fight against Fury, it'd be very hard to make because I'm sure Joshua has a deal with The a contract with them. Tyson has a contract with BT Sport. They will not let that fight happen. how how they can't meet how will they meet middle ground and say we'll go 50-50 on pay-per-view? No, they won't. So it's very hard to make fights nowadays because like that's the thing about UFC is there's only one big promoter and one big company. Mm. Simplifies it. Simplifies it, whereas in boxing there's so many.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit more about your move to America. While living in LA, you write about being around sort of A-list celebrities and how it was potentially affecting your boxing. You say, um, you said you want to emphasize that you're special like they are. So how was being around celebrities negatively affecting you? Can you talk about that a bit more?
1: Yeah, it it was, um, it did affect you a little bit because imagine you're in a training camp, you get someone like Mark Wahlberg walking the gym, what you trained, your focus just disappears. You think, wow. Then you get someone like Jason Statham or And then these guys, um, and even Mickey Rock, for example, they'll walk in and they'll want to see you train and a couple of basketball players, don't know their names, but I know they're basketball players, they're really tall. (laughs) Um, They'll walk in the gym and they'll watch you train and stuff and then they'll invite you out and you cannot turn them down. You'll be Mm. like, oh yeah, 100% I'll be there. You might have a run at night time. But you'll you'll say, that's only one run. Mm. But then every other day, there used to be famous people coming Now Every other day, they want to meet you and take you out and hang out with you. Now, you do it with that respect because of they are a someone, but you're then neglecting your training. And if a fight goes wrong, then, you know, um, you're not going to be that same person that they want to come and see again.
0: Was there a little bit of maybe your own ego in there as well? Wanting to hang out with those people yourself? Wanting I'm to be seen young. with those no, no, 100%, people? 100%, you're young, you're young.
1: You, uh, you want to be seen with these people. And, um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, it's a new thing now, you know what I mean? It's when Instagram was blowing up. It's like when facebook and twitter was blowing up and you want likes don't you you want people to you want to post to show your million like people followers million followers that look who i'm hanging out with you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. look like, i think everything now is uh social media driven mm-hmm. uh
0: and it's on who's on the ground minute <laughs> that's probably why you're talking to us now let's be honest with you. yeah well <laughs> come on <laughs> um, Let's talk about your last ever fight. Cause is we want to
1: get it because we know we are, you guys have such a big following. Absolutely. Was I mean, you know it 15 million? Yeah, just over so, Yeah, yeah You know. No, I mean, we got our book here, and to put this on your platform is
0: 15 uh, million sales, yeah.
1: Is Exactly.
0: That'd cool. be all right, wouldn't it?
1: That'd be, that'd be really good. <laughs> Why you want to buy them? <laughs> you, you got, I'll sort out. You can just enjoy
0: them. You heard it at first. Yeah, guys. Well, listen, here,
1: I mean, Look, it's all promotion. Absolutely. We like you guys. That's why we came here as well. Appreciate him, man. So I, we
0: had the chance to go elsewhere, but I was like, no. Nah, of course of, sure. course, of course, of <laughs> course. Um, it's not the So <laughs> Let's <laughs> talk about your last, so sort of coming towards the end of, the, of sort of talking about boxing, your last ever fight, Kelbock. Yeah. Well, last ever fight so far. Yeah. yeah. You you failed the drug test. You had an adverse fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've seen some high-profile tests as well coming out with adverse findings in the last twelve months. Connor Ben, Dillian White, Robert Helanius, um, Alicia Baumgartner. I mean, but what they- massive difference, big difference in Go this. On.
1: Now, let me explain to you guys. Yeah, so what I got caught with, I got caught with a for like a, I think it's a female drug. Now, I'm going to give you an example. Say there's an Olympic-sized swimming pool, the amount that was in my blood and the found in my system week of the fight it was equivalent to one grain of salt in an olympic size swimming pool right fine look it's you kind of also stayed it was never going to it was never going to enhance make me any stronger any quicker it, and they do admit it was unintentional but forget all that put that to aside look i don't know how it got in the system it could have been cross contamination uh maybe it's a good lesson for young fighters that you can't be sharing drinks with people, you have to be very careful. But, yeah, look, it was in my system, I put my hand up. But the other fighters fighters who have been caught taking, had a lot more. That was helping them, making them stronger, making them bigger, making them faster, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. With me, you can see my performance as well in that fight, you know what I mean? But, yeah, um, If you could have come out with that statement, I uh, it was only like I say unintentional. I don't know how it got in the system. Um,
0: Was that one test as well as was well right there? It was
1: one of like I think we must have done eight nine tests, and it was like one of eight nine tests. And I've never ever, you know, I've never ever been found positive. It's the first ever time ever, and and for this fight, it's not Kell Brook or it's not the uh, boxing uh, promotion who wanted this testing. I'm the one who. As for it, mm. I'm the one who said, guys, I want testing for this fight. And if I was in any way thinking that I was going to cheat or I was going to do anything wrong, I don't think I would have wanted to be tested. Testing or be tested or why in the contract. I'm the one who put it in the contract.
0: Let's have, so there's obviously that point of difference you, which you've made clear there between yourself and those other examples I listed. To talk about the other examples though, for a second. I mean, what do you think it says about the state of boxing at the moment that there are, you know positive test results like that coming yeah back.
1: there is, and I, like i said, I'm, I'm I'm totally against it i'm going to speak about speak speak up on it. look, fire should not be taking anything yeah I'm, and that's period because look you're putting you're putting someone's life on the line you you are going into a boxing ring to punch someone in the head and to hurt someone now if you're taking drugs uh, you're only going to be you're going be you you're going to be far ahead, stronger than your opponent, and you can seriously hurt them. Mm. I mean, people can die in that ring, or you can get hurt yourself as well. I mean, you might be that strong that you might be able to take so much punishment that you might end up hurting yourself, and got, you, there's fighters that have been killed in in the ring. So, yeah, I am totally against it, man.
0: Mm. Um, slightly separate to boxing, I think you almost got into a little bit of a fist fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov once upon a time. with. <laughs> With um, Hasbullah and Abdul Abdul Rosic. They... yeah, Abdul Rosek. So the yeah, Kabib story. So Khabib I have nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. don't even put me. Like, I got tried
1: some drama with him because that's the one person you don't really want to mess with. Imagine like, he comes over and says, "What did you say to Channel Joe? Did you say you had some beef with me?" Imagine he came and said that to <laughs> me. That'd be like, no, that, yeah. Not me, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah, we. I was at the. We was at the MMA event. They got me wingside tickets and stuff. We sat there, and I see Khabib, So. Obviously, we took a picture together, we had a good chat. Because he has a picture with me. Uh he, he went to a fight of mine when I fought Al Devin Alexander back in 2014. He was there or 2016. He took a picture with the with the boxing ring uh and my picture on it. Like a fun picture, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, look how big he is now. I mean, he's one of the biggest names in MMA. He's a legend, man. When he, when he posts that picture, I had to repost it. You know what I mean? I thought, wow, Khabib took a picture next to mine and mm-hmm. he was at my fight at that time. I wish I knew him then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I would invite him in the ring. Mm-hmm. But um, look, legend of a fire. And then what happened was uh, Hasbullah and um, Rosik, I know Rosik really well. They started having a bit of a, a bit, of, they did a head-to-head first, but then a bit of pushing happened because uh, Ros- uh, um, Hasbullah is a bit of a, He's a bit of a handful, yeah. so I remember him trying to get Abdul Razak into a headlock. Headlock, and, I, and I as like, now we're talking about two small men fighting each other, and I'm stood there and I'm thinking, I better jump. So I jumped, in. I like, "Let's stop them." Um So that's the only time that happened. And mm. um, what was Khabib's involvement though? What happened? Khabib's that? involvement there, I'm quite lucky and quite glad as well. He wasn't nowhere near that area. Because obviously he would have backed his guy, and then I would have. Maybe maybe me and Khabib might have to have a little bit. Of, imagine that. <laughs> but look, and I, look, we know we are professional fighters, and I bet even Khabib would never want to fight outside the cage. I would never want to fight outside the boxing ring. We'll just walk away with gentlemen. We we are ambassadors of the of our sports, and um, but yeah, boy, it was a bit of fun. I seen it everywhere on social media the next day, and i and, and all my videos, everywhere. It was like. As uh, everyone's we post again stuff like that, and I thought, wow, just a little video. For me, it was a bit of fun, but mm-hmm.
0: people really thought that I was what was going to happen. People love Hezbollah. <laughs> Hasbullah, yeah, Hezbollah's beast, there. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit more about your personal life, your yeah. family life. Yeah. Um, 2013, you got married to your wife, Faryal, and you celebrated with two weddings, not just one. Newt yeah, York, two weddings, yeah. Uh, and Bolton. Yeah. Um, you write that this inspired you to create a wedding venue in Bolton, but and this is a quote, that would turn out to be the biggest of never-ending headaches. I think you mentioned earlier, I can't remember, 12.5 million pounds. So, run me through that. What was the original idea? What happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, the original idea was it was going to cost about 4 million quid. Can't even 5 million quid fine, but we're up to 12 million and still not ready. But look, it is what it is. Um, it will upset me a lot because I thought it's oh, a lot of money to throw into something. It's a money pit where you throw money into it and there's no return and you know this is blood money as well like i've been taking punches on my life for this i've got hurt for it and, and it really really upset me and so managed to then uh get it all sorted out couldn't sell it because if i sell it i'll sell it for half the price mm. so i'm gonna lose half i forget selling it i'll just run it as a business so now i've got it up and running i rented it out to a company and it's it's worked out well but yeah it was a very tough time i was and it put me in a really dark place as well you know because with all that money being spent and then having the hand operation, at that time, it was the same time. I thought, oh man, we're gonna fight again. Look like how much money's gone down the drain. So yeah, it was um, it was a tough time, but look, I'm glad that, look, when you believe in God and you you are a good person, God always puts the puff out there for you and, and, and things have gone good down.
0: Have you always, we'll talk about your sort of the business side of things, if you like, I think you it, this is a quote. Yeah. The business of Amir Khan. You know, when you were fighting, should you have been perhaps a little bit more hands-on with that sort of, that side of things? Did you have the time for it, or you know? Because I think your family were quite involved in it.
1: Yeah, this. my family were involved in it. But the only thing is that you know what? When you got when you when you're in training camp, you got a big fight going on, but you are so focused on the fight. It's so hard to look. Oh yeah, get a good, get a different account and get a. Uh, but you know what? To be honest with you, my account turned out dirty as well. That's the honest truth. And um, so, you know, when 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 stuff like that happens. It's very hard then to um, trust people. Um, you can't put the blame on anyone because they, I know people saying, you can't put the blame on me because I had a fight coming up. Mm. I had to focus on a fight. I mean, I could get killed in that ring. I have to be in tip top shape and I have to focus on one thing which is to win that fight or come out of that fight in good health. So I can't really control too much. But then, you know, slowly, slowly in time, I got, in, got some control back and now, Uh, And I was so young as well and a lot of money was coming in them days. But look, I'm glad that now I've got it up to a T. I've got it all sorted. And even if I ever did go in the boxing ring again, I know that the whole structure and system is set.
0: I mentioned it in the intro, but there's this moment, right, where you go and you go to look at your bank account. It's not that you've got no money, but you've certainly got less than you're expecting to find in there. Could you talk us through that moment a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that happened same time as when I had my hand operation and I thought, am I going to fight again? And then I thought, I'll be fine. And then later on, I went and had to do another hand operation because they didn't manage to fix it. So overall, we did three hand operations. I checked my market. Did I really have the money, the kind of money that I thought I had? Uh, is it, am I going to, can I survive with that kind of money for the rest of my life? No, I can't. What do I know? I mean, like we're so used to making big paychecks. And... um I mean that was my motivation then and obviously then i've got two children and two little girls and i thought i need to definitely get back in that ring again and uh and then make sure i get the biggest fights and secure my future Mm. and that's what i did and it worked for me look because there's a lot of fighters who then later on come back and they don't really get that opportunity but look like i said god's been watching over me and i got them big fights together and and I made back double what I probably lost. And so, yeah, it, and I could have given up there. So this is a little bit what we talk about in the book is that there was times where I wanted to give up, but I never did because I'm not only doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my family, my generation, my people. Mm. So, yeah.
0: I'm not asking you to revisit or relitigate sort of the arguments that you have and you talk about in the book. But for me, it's interesting you know, whether it's this, the money side of things here and the sort of the tension, mistaken tension perhaps between your family and your mm-hmm. wife or, you know, other previous examples with like AJ and, you know, tweeting about it and that kind of thing. But I'm interested in the sort of these things happening publicly, you know, yeah, and that dynamic because, you know, it's one thing having the argument, it's another thing for it having pu- happening yeah, publicly, yeah. right? See, them days
1: will be on the social media and just to get to someone and, to destroy them because i had so much anger in me that i'd end up tweeting something mm. and it'll go boom it'll go everywhere because it's a way of getting it everywhere you know what i mean and i realized that it was one of the biggest mistakes i ever made because really with with very little evidence with also um very little information i assumed what i assumed i put out there and i had lawyers on my case i had i was getting sued because were, these allegations I made were all false, and it could have put me into a lot of trouble, trouble and problems. But luckily, like I said, I, um, I saw it in my life, I, I saw it myself, I, I said my apologies, and I moved forward and, and moved on in with life, because, And that was one of the toughest times of my life, because I didn't know where I was and what I was doing in life, and had no one to talk to, no one who could help me, no one who could direct me. In the right way. And one of the ways I got to, um, I got over it was when I went to the jungle. Oh, yeah. And when I went to the jungle, I had time to think, time, because instead of people telling you things every other day, it's different voices, I went to the jungle and changed my life. It made me realize that what do I really want in life? And I went out and I went and got it. Mm. I mean, I went back, got out of the jungle, sold all my issues out like my wife, my parents. And then end up sorting a massive issue with with uh, Eddie Hearn, who me and Eddie have never spoke for years, and I end up doing a fight contract with him, which was a massive like a shock to the world because they were like, "What? I mean, yeah, and Eddie they're normally fucking rubbish to each other. And now they've mm. bloody done a deal together." So then tables all turned, and they all went for the best of here.
0: Do you feel underappreciated? Um, because let me let me, let me say this—not just by boxing fans, but by the British public. Because you know, some people write you off. Whether it's the, you know, whether we're talking about boxing and people saying nasty things about you, you know, like you said, you know, you you, you went down in one of those fights, or people saying stuff about who's oh, got a glass chin, or you know, your personal life, you know, in the tabloids at the moment and the stuff they call you. I think I saw Love Rat on the Daily Mail. But what you did at the Olympics, you know, for British boxing, what you've done for young Asian people in the UK, becoming a world class. You know, boxer in your weight division, you deserve a lot of credit. Do you think, think so? Do you think you get it? Uh, I mean, I do think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say, you know, because um,
1: everyone has their own, and maybe it's been that long ago now that people remember me that I was a fighter and I was a world champion and I was a Olympian and I was a, I saved boxing. Then yeah, I mean, but look, it is or is, isn't it? I mean, you're always gonna get people talking your rubbish and. It's come to a stage now where I've stopped caring. I'm very strong mentally, man. Whatever they want to say, as long as I'm focused and I'm on the right path and I know what I'm, what's going on in my life and I'm in control of it, I'm all right. You can say what you want, really. But yeah, you do get a lot of uh, hate and stuff like that. But like I said, it's not going to break me now. Emma, Khan, thank you so much thank for taking the much. time. Really
0: appreciate, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you.